Welcome, beautiful humans, to Empowered Sobriety. I am your host, Lindsay Fauna. And I'm your other host, Abigail Gerber. We are both trauma-informed life coaches in hopes of empowering individuals to see beyond their addiction and recovery into compassion, love, acceptance, and freedom. Empowered Sobriety is a podcast for those considering sobriety, are newly sober, or already living a sober life and wanting to up-level their growth in sobriety. Each week, we'll be dropping episodes discussing topics such as childhood traumas, PTSD, sober dating, and sober sex, how to enjoy the social scene, and is AA the only path to sobriety, plus so much more, along with bringing on other sober coaches that have done deep transformational work like we have, we are also hoping to bring on anyone who feels called to be coached on air by us. Welcome back to Empowered Sobriety. We are here, me, Lindsay, and my beautiful co-host, Abby. Me, Abby. (laughs) (laughs) And I am excited for today's share because we are going to have the privilege of hearing Abby and her experience with her uh, ayahuasca journey. So without further ado. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I come to you super, super grateful for Lindsay and for you, the audience, for anybody that is willing to go down this path with us in wherever you find yourself. You are welcome here in this space. No matter what you think about yourself or what you think of us, (laughs) (laughs) you are super welcome in all of your light. I'm just a couple of days post-ceremony, so I still have a lot of integration work. And what that means is the spirit of the medicine, which is commonly referred to as like the mother or the grandmother, which I always like to say, she always comes to me as as the grandmother, because she's always firm. She's always very firm with me. And this time was absolutely no exception. (laughs) (laughs) I laugh a little bit because I was talking to one woman before the second night of the ceremony. And I said, oh, she's always very gentle with me. You know, she, she tells me what I need to do. And it's nothing that I already don't know, you know, like the last week's episode was about how I said it helped me quit drinking. And I already knew that I needed to quit drinking. And it was just like, yeah, okay, you're right. And then other ceremonies was like, you need to start meditating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Or you hold a lot of judgment. You have a lot of black and white thinking, a lot of rigidity. You know, there's, there's no room for the other side. It's like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I already knew that. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then that's what, you know, really sent me on the path. That was a second ceremony, I think. Yeah. And that sent me a few months later, Elementum started. And so I was able to really work really hard last year in our coaching program, being coached nonstop and working through things. And I think now that I came through my fourth ceremony, I understand why I was able to work through things at 
a rather exponential rate. Yeah. It's able to dissolve and let go a lot of my trauma. And I do believe it's because of the ayahuasca. So I was telling this lady, I was like, yeah, she's always really gentle with me. And then after the ceremony of the second night where she like, she went to town on me and I laughed. There's always a part like after each ceremony, they put down a couple of candles, it's still really dark. And then they put out like fruit. I was sitting there just like devouring all this fruit because you don't eat you know, for several, several hours. And I just looked at this lady and I was just like, oh, I was really wrong. <laughs> she started laughing. <laughs> You're like, she, not this time. <laughs> yeah. So grandma medicine, um, the word humbling, Lindsay, keeps coming through. Oh, I love that. I was, my mind, not my essence nature, but my mind was deeply deeply humbled. Tell me more. Yeah. I feel like my tail is between my legs. Mm. Not that I, maybe everyone's starting to picture like I was, I'm some like egomaniac, like <laughs> no spiritually evolved. No. <laughs> but what was happening to me, which is pretty much everyone is my mind was ruling my experience. Hmm. Let me see if I can put it a different way. My mind was in charge. My thoughts, my feelings all came from this structure, this analytical structure that isn't always right. <laughs> and I was creating my worldview through this false operating system. So, like, Windows or Apple has these operating systems upon which the software plays in and apps and all that. So I have this, still healing it, <laughs> I have this operating system that looks through this window that isn't reality, mm. if that is a little bit more clear. So she was pushing me. She was pointing things out where I was in judgment. Mm. She was telling me or showing me where I was still holding on to other people. And by doing that, it inhibits their growth. Mm. I know. That was like the first thing that came through. And I was just like, oh, I just felt gross. <laughs> Because she was right. And so much compassion to that part that wants to hold on to people. Oh, yeah. I mean, not that I'm saying I, I don't need compassion in that moment, but like she just cut through all my bullshit. <laughs> she was, like, she was just go. like, this is what you're doing. Mm -hmm. By you continuing to hold on, you're inhibiting someone else's growth. Now, we all have to take responsibility for our own growth. I understand that. But at some point, when the relationship is done, you need to walk away. Well, when you just said that, one of the things that came to the forefront of my mind was in Elementum, 
when the coaches were saying like in relationships, whoever is the person that's further along in their journey, Mm -hmm. it's your responsibility. Boom. Yes. (laughs) Yes. When you have more awareness, it's your Mm -hmm. responsibility to usher. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of wiggled a little bit and (laughs) she said, the medicine said, you know, I'm right. So that was humble, humbling lesson number one (laughs) out of a (laughs) hundred. And it was exactly what I needed because I could handle it. Because I know these limiting beliefs and this worldview I have, this limited worldview I have is bullshit. And it wouldn't have been able to come through if I hadn't been building my spirituality over the last year. Mm-hmm. So the, the more humbling experience I had, she was pulling me along. It was almost like I was rocketing through space. Like I wasn't seeing stars and, and planets or anything like that, but it felt like I was moving upward. Uh-huh. And all these living beliefs would pop up and then I would let go of them. Like what they were exactly, I don't, I don't remember, Mm -hmm. but she was like, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then, and then I would shed some, and then at some point I really felt like it was my consciousness expanding. I really do think that's how I'm interpreting it is my awareness was she was pulling me along to expand to another level. <laughs> no. It was broadening my worldview. Everyone can think about it as it's allowing me to see from all sides. Instead of just how I think of something, it's like allowing me to put myself in someone else's shoes mm. and have an experience through their worldview. And things make sense when you do that. It's like I understand especially like the political world, I understand the hurt. I mean, we see it as sides, but it's not sides. It's all the same. And especially like when people shame the shamers, consciousness changes. We expand, we grow and not allowing someone that growth is you're just part of the problem. Mm -hmm. So so I, under, I understand what happened to me as as expanding my worldview and where was real sticky and my work is the people pleasing. Like mm. I essentially like tapped out <laughs> because she was trying to pull the people pleasing from me. And, and then she was like, this is really sticky, Abby. And I said, yeah, this is really sticky. So the people pleasing is a trauma response that I'm still working with. I'm still very worried about what other people think of me, about other people's experience as part of my experience. So Mm. if you're mad at me, I'm going to do everything I can to get you to not be mad at me because I'm uncomfortable with your experience. That's what, Mm. that's what people pleasing is. So I still got a lot of work to do in that area. Is that the only way that the people pleaser shows up for you is in conflict? No. Good Mm. question. It shows up everywhere. Like if I do nice things for you, 
I create like a, a bank. So I'm going to keep mm-hmm. doing a lot of nice things for you so that when you do get mad at me, you're going to think about all these things that I've done for you and you're not going to get mad at me. Mm-hmm. That's what my mind creates. I have 40 years of evidence that that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the story that my mind creates. Right. So the people pleasing is just an indication that I'm not living in my essence nature, that I'm not living in authenticity. People are going to get mad at me even if I don't do anything. I literally don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I just like open my mouth. Somebody's <laughs> going to get mad at me. Or if I don't open my mouth, somebody's going to get mad at me. But that's their stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that was that was interesting. There was also another moment where, because they do in the ceremony, the facilitators do a lot of body work with you. So the the whole weekend, there's bre- there's like the holotropic breath work, um, which I hate, which I need to keep doing, but I just oh. can't stand it. Do you like holotropic breath work? <laughs> like is a hard word for me with it. Is it useful? Yeah. Is it challenging? Yes. It takes me being in a place of I'm committing to this and I'm ready to to go into this to really participate. Yeah. Breathwork comes in all shapes and sizes. The breathwork that I'm talking about is the, for everyone that doesn't know, is the holotropic, which is you're breathing almost exclusively through your mouth. And so you're, you're putting yourself in a heightened state. There's all kinds of blood chemistry happening, but there's still, there's a lot of trepidation of of fear of letting go. In the actual ceremony with the medicine, ingested medicine, she was teaching me to let go. Hmm. And she also was teaching me the facilitator's role. Because these, there are these two women that are, I call it like I've said before, I call them creatrixes. And Mm -hmm. their English is not even their first language, but they have such a grasp on empowered language that I don't even have as somebody, as a native English speaker. It's incredible. And I understand why now, because the medicine speaks through them. So I was separating them from the medicine, like they were these all-powerful beings. And the medicine showed me on the second night that no, I work through them. And to use them. So at one point, one of them, I don't know which one it was because it's dark and it's not even important who it was. In fact, I told them the next day, I was like, don't tell me which one it was because it makes it more mysterious. (laughs) (laughs) But they put both of their hands on my womb. So like on the sides of my belly. The ceremony is driven by music by the songs of the medicine and the medicine is also driven by the facilitators. The spirit of the medicine comes through exactly when you need it. So when that woman put her hands on me, it was exactly when I was like prime. And she, she put her hands on my womb. It was just after I kind of let go of this, this relationship and I had this huge grief flood my body, like absolutely flood my body, huge relief, sobbing, 
just over and over and over again. And I realized what it was is I had buried regret and grief around not being able to have a child with my ex-husband. We tried and there was circumstances, but I had assumed I had missed my opportunity to have a child because I'm 41. So I just buried it, buried the grief around the possibility that I won't be able to have a child. It was so surprising, Lindsay. I had no idea. Like I generally have an idea of like what I'm avoiding Mm. and I just choose to go after it or I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. but this kind of, I mean, I knew in a, in a sense I had buried that, but not to that extent, not to that extent. Mm -hmm. And so I just let myself grieve that I may not be able to have a child, but also there was a part too that was scared to desire one, to keep Mm -hmm. desiring one. Mm -hmm. Like I was not allowing myself to desire a child. And so she was at this point, she was, the medicine was, was really lovely. And she said, do you desire to have a child? And I said, yes, yes, I do. I'm ready to have a child. She said, okay. And then she like went internal. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I said, I really desire to have a home. To like have a place, not of my own, but like a place settled. Mm-hmm. To feel settled. And she said, okay. So at that point she went internal and we'll see what comes from that. And there's actually like a feeling that's coming over me to be honest about that. There's a little bit of shame showing up right now, which is interesting, just to be super present, mm-hmm. which is interesting. <laughs> I'll just let it be here for a second. It's like fear and shame together, like desiring something. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like I've cut off my desires, like my desires aren't welcome. Yeah. And that's kind of how this medicine works. Like the ceremony may have ended four days ago, but she's still working on me. Like the spirit of the medicine is still working on me. Thank you for, um, for sharing that and, Mm. and being present with that as it was coming up in this recording. That's parts work. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And yeah. You just shared very vulnerably and beautifully. So thank you. Yeah, of course. That's you know, that's a result of of the work I've done is to be able to tune in to those pieces coming up. So I, there was so much. I mean, stuff I don't even remember. Like girl was blasting me. Yeah. Even after the ceremony had ended, I eaten my fruit. And I went back to my tent, you know, which I thought that it was done. Like no more visuals, things like that. No more like what they call psychic surgery where she kind of goes in and she does some things. Like I thought it was done. And she was like, "Uh uh-uh, you thought you were done? And she just kept working me like 
in my dreams. She's still working me in my dreams. Not that I'm not going into deep sleep, but I'm definitely like, there's a lot of stuff happening in my dreams. Mm. And um, I think the last piece I really want to say that's the most present that will continue to inform the rest of my days is that she's not separate from me. She's not separate from you. She is me. We are each other. We're just different. We're just different versions of the same blueprint and how diversity is just so beautiful and how we can really work with that to strengthen our worldview. And she also taught me that I am the expression of the one. You're the expression of the one. Everyone else is the expression of the one. And everything is the expression. Even the pain and the atrocities are the expression of the one. It's how we view our experience. And it's helping me take actually take better care of myself, of my body. Because one of the things I realized, like I spent five years prepping my body for pregnancy mm-hmm. and, and worrying about food, worrying about his food and herbs and all this stuff. And then after we got divorced, I just... I mean, it's kind of a symptom of divorce or, or when you break up, like you 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 spend your your whole life cooking for someone and now you're just cooking for yourself and you're like, mm, sausage and potatoes it is again today, you know? <laughs> I had a friend point that out. She's like, every time I talk to you, Abby, you're eating sausage and potatoes. I'm like, that's all I'm capable of cooking right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she taught me that I am the expression of her. So my body, to take care of it and to remain clear, to clear the channels. And she's brought me a spiritual practice to continue to clear these channels Mm -hmm. so that I can let her in or just be aware of that I am her. I mean, I'm still figuring it out, but the universe works through us, I guess would be the best way to put that. The universe works through us. And the more clear I can be, the more can be done through me. Like the plan of the universe, the more that can be done through me. Like there it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Preston talks about that. Preston <laughs> smiles. Yeah. What does he say? What's his? It's just basically these medicines, these modalities, this work cleanses our channel. Like that's what we're doing. We're clearing out that gunk. We just become an open highway, an open pathway to source God, the universe to flow through us. Yeah. Yes. And that's to to us and through us. If you don't know who Preston Smiles is, look him up. He is he's a wild dude. Yeah. He'll upset you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's for your highest good. Mm. It's, it really is. He, sh- he shakes up the system for sure. And that's actually coincidentally one of the facilitators that Lindsay went through the bridge experience or the bridge. What is it? God, I never Bridge and extreme. It. Yeah. Bridge and extreme. The two retreats that Lindsay went through a couple months ago that were so powerful. Yeah. So. It's a two weekend uh, workshop, but yeah. yeah, Preston, it's funny because 
so many people that were in Elementum were so triggered by him. Oh my God. Me too. Right in the beginning. (laughs) And I was never – I was so drawn to him. Like I'm so incredibly, insanely drawn to him. It's insane. He's the coach that I probably am drawn to the most. And I thought it would be Christine because that's how I came in. But I had never uh, followed or heard or listened to Preston or Alexi. And I love the way Alexi teaches, but – the way that Preston speaks and shares is like, it just like draws me in. Yeah. I mean, I came in through Christine Hassler as well and she had that mama energy, Mm -hmm. which is exactly, I felt very held. I needed that. I needed to like, not feel sorry for myself, but like I needed to. Some nurturing. Some nurturing. So, and then now Preston, and especially since my spiritual path is strengthening. Hmm. Preston is really coming through a lot. So, And I feel like you worked with him really closely in the business program, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure he shook you... me up. He shook yeah. me up and yeah. Yeah. So that was the most beautiful part of the ceremony, honestly, is just because I, I, de- I was really desperate to try to connect with the earth. Mm. Like on a, on a deeper level, I knew I wasn't connecting. I knew I was through the herbalism and through na- just like walking in nature. And But I, I wanted to – there was something missing. And now I understand it because I was viewing myself separate from nature. Mm. My mind was creating a separation. Like take, for instance, burning herbs. Some cultures call it smudging. Like white sage, everybody knows like burning sage clears the energy. Well, my mind was like, yeah, fucking right. <laughs> like, okay, I mean, I'll do this because somebody told me to do it. <laughs> I love your honesty right now. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> but I understand it now. Like, Okay, I get it. I'm gonna do a bumper sticker. Like, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. I get it now. How she uses everything, everything, everything. Smoke. The smoke itself is, you know, clearing. Using that particular herb is clearing. Like if you burn rosemary. My friend Tori Yoder of Singing Soils Apothecary, she's beautiful um, herbalist who specializes in ritual. And she taught me about burning rosemary to clear grief. Mm. I understood it when she told me that, but now I understand it on a deeper level, how different things are used for different energies, clearing energies. Like as an herbalist, it's this ceremony deepened my relationship with plants. And I already have a pretty deep relationship, but it just just knocked it out of the park. Mm. Just absolutely knocked it out of the park. So I think that's it. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for sharing all of that with us and for being willing to bring it here. I understand too that there's still integration to be had. 
And I'm just grateful that you're so willing to share what came forward for you in the experience. And I'm excited to continue the conversation with you about the integration part of it as well. Thank you for offering a space for me to land some of these. Yeah. And thank you to anybody who's listening. I really recommend ayahuasca. I really do. I understand that there's issues with it, especially people abusing it and appropriating it. But I really try to do the best of my awareness to honor this Peruvian medicine and the people that came before me that journeyed. I believe the medicine led itself out of the jungle. Mm -hmm. I do. Same thing with mushrooms and marijuana. <laughs> I was so judgmental of marijuana, but <laughs> as <laughs> ridiculous as we've gotten with it, you know, <laughs> with all the hybridization of it and, you right. know, back in my day, it wasn't as potent as it is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Bring back the that medicine stuff. <laughs> is intelligent. Yeah. The medicine, these medicines are way more intelligent than us, than mm -hmm. our minds. And I think, no, I believe that ayahuasca let itself out of the jungle mm -hmm. because there is a high number of white people really attracted to this medicine. And we are pretty dysfunctional people. <laughs> And we have a lot of healing to do. And we've been the source of a lot of destruction and harm. And so why not go straight to the source? It doesn't surprise me that this yoga white chick in Eugene, Oregon <laughs> is attracted to this medicine. I would love to go down to Peru for a ceremony and actually like honor the medicine even deeper. Speaking of source, going to the source of it. I'd love to do that. So hopefully that will happen. And I was also thinking like, I'm not going to do another ceremony. I think I'm good. And then before like going into the ceremony, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it's definitely part of my spiritual growth. <laughs> yeah. And again, when there's so many people that share their stories and they're like, she lets you know when you're done. Yeah. 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 And she's like, yeah. you don't need me anymore. So yeah. Okay. Let's, let's end it here. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Thank you all for being here with us. We appreciate your time and coming back here to us and listening to us and listening to our stories and us share with you. If you are interested in coming on as a guest speaker or sharing with us, go ahead and contact us at empoweredsobrietypodcast at gmail.com or you can DM us on our Instagram, which is at empoweredsobrietypodcast. So thank you all and we will see you next week. We'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to Empowered Sobriety. We are nothing without our community. If you'd like to be coached by us on air or have any questions, email us at empoweredsobrietypodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at empoweredsobrietypodcast. <laughs>